the right hand of the Lord hath wrought strength. The right hand of the Lord hath exalted me. I shall not die, but live, and shall declare the works of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Epiphany Tide takes its name from the various manifestations of Christ our God that are presented to us during these weeks between the Feast of the Epiphany and Septuagesima Sunday. And you know what these showings of Christ are, beginning with the adoration of the Magi and with his baptism in the Jordan by John, so beautifully depicted in that painting. And then the first sign, the changing of water into wine, at Cana of Galilee at the wedding feast. And today we have the cleansing of the leper. And will we have it next week? We won't have it next week because Septuagesima comes so early this year. But in the normal course of things, uh, we would have also the calming of the storm at sea. And all of these events are manifestations of the glory of Christ our God. The Holy Sacrifice opens today with an introit. Pay close attention to this. One must always ask, in singing the introit, or in hearing it sung, or in reading it, one must ask the question, who is being addressed here? And how does Mass open today? We are addressing the angels. It's quite extraordinary when you think of it. Most of the introits uh, in the Missal uh, are addressed to God. Sometimes it is the Church addressing herself. Sometimes it is God addressing us. Sometimes it is the Father addressing the Son. But today we address the angels. And what do we say to the angels? Adore God, all you his angels. In other words, we say to the angels, angels, do what you do best. What do the angels do best? They adore God. The angels were created for the adoration of God. The angels are experts in adoration. And this is why in the liturgy, we attend so closely to the angels. And we address them saying, Adore God, all you his angels. Zion heard and was glad. Who is Zion and what did Zion hear? Zion is the church. 
And what does the church hear so often as we celebrate the holy mysteries or chant the divine office? The church hears the echo of that heavenly jubilation, the liturgy of the angels here below. And this gives joy to the church on earth, this faint but real echo of the liturgy being celebrated in heaven. And the daughters of Judah rejoice. Who are the daughters of Judah? Our souls are the daughters of Judah. And so, so often as we incline the ear of our heart to that heavenly jubilation, to the song of the angels ceaselessly singing in adoration before the throne of God and of the Lamb, Sanctus, 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 Holy, 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 our souls are renewed in joy. All of that in the intro. So it rather does set the tone for the Mass. And by setting this tone of adoration and jubilation, it clears the air of all of those things that keep us from hearing the Word of God rightly. The Word of God can be heard rightly only in, what shall I call it, a climate of adoration. And so the intro of today's Mass establishes us in that climate of adoration and jubilation in which we can hear the Word of God rightly. And then we come to this wonderful comment today, which is directly related to the Gospel. In fact, uh, today's collect is the Gospel turned to prayer. The brothers would know this. When we practice Lexio Divina, in Lexio we hear the Word of God, in Meditatio we repeat it, and in Oratio the Word heard and repeated is turned to prayer, returning to the source whence it came. And so the collect of today's Mass is the Gospel turned to prayer. What did we say in the collect? We began by addressing God in a very forthright way. Almighty and eternal God, omnipotens and eterne Deus. And then we say, infirmitatem nostrum propitius respice. Oh, the translation has it. Mercifully look upon our infirmity. Propitius. In your fatherly pity, a father's heart is moved to pity in a way no other heart can be moved to pity. And when we appeal to this pietas of God, we touch his heart 
very directly. That little word propitius is very important here. And we ask God the Father to look upon, but not merely to look upon, to hold in his gaze, respice. It's more than just a glance. This is a look that takes the object in. That's what's going on here. We ask God to look upon our infirmity and to see it deeply, to take it all in, to measure the depth of our infirmity. Infirmitatem nostram propitius respice. Now, of course, this is directly related to the gospel, isn't it? To the leper who, in presenting himself to Jesus, knows that Jesus, seeing his wretched state, his infirmity, is going to take it all in. Stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty, atque ad protegendum nos, the English translation has here, to help and defend us. Not quite. Atque ad protegendum nos dexteram tue majestatis, the right hand of thy majesty. Majesty here means the glory of the Godhead. And this is why we call this event in the Gospel an epiphany, because it, it, because it is the manifestation of the glory of the Godhead in Christ. Now, you will recall that in the Gospel we just read, Behold, a leper came. Well, there's a whole sequence here that describes the order of prayer made rightly. First, the leper had to come. He had to come to Jesus. Ecce leprosus veniens. All prayer begins simply with coming to Jesus. And then, adorabat eum. He adored him. And the sense here of to adore is that the leper came and threw himself at Jesus' feet. This adoration is, it's more than an adoration up here. It's an adoration that engages one's whole being. Can you not picture it? This deformed, man who is repulsive to behold. Not the sort of person you would want to look at for very long. Rather, as we read in the Song of the Suffering Servant and the prophet Isaiah, the kind of fellow 
before whom people want to screen their faces. That's the condition of leprosy. I, 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 I can't bear to look at him. So this, this man comes and adores Jesus. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. Only then does he speak, dices, domine. He addresses him with a divine title. This is not simply the sir of some translations. This is, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. His prayer is, as St. Benedict would have our prayer be, short and pure. He didn't come to Jesus with a whole speech prepared. He didn't present Jesus with uh, a detailed description of his condition. He simply came, adored, and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. End of prayer, short and pure. And here it comes. And Jesus, stretching forth his hand, et extendens Jesus manum, touched him, tetigit eum dicens. And again, a divine utterance here. Volo, I will it. Mundare, be thou made clean. What an extraordinary scene. Now, it's this little phrase, et extendens Jesus manum, and Jesus stretching forth his hand that is related to the gospel, to the collect. And it is for this reason that I would have you see that the collect is the gospel turned to prayer. Because what do we ask for in the collect? Not only infirmitatem nostram propitius respice, look upon our infirmity, but we say and extend the right hand of thy majesty. So what we ask for in prayer in the collect, we see actualized in the gospel. And you know the rest. And forthwith his leprosy was cleansed. Do you see the manifestation of the glory of the Godhead in Christ here? Jesus, God from God, light from light, very God from very God, says, Volo, I will, Mundari, be thou made clean. And forthwith, his leprosy was cleansed. Just as in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
Now, if this were not enough, what are we going to sing in the offertory antiphon? Perhaps you've looked ahead in your missal. I know the brothers have looked ahead at the offertory antiphon that we're going to sing in just a few moments. It all comes together. Very often, the offertory antiphon of the Mass completes the Gospel. It's an extraordinary thing. And in this offertory antiphon, who is singing? Look at the text first. Dexter Adomini feci virtutem. The right hand of the Lord hath wrought strength. This is the song of the leper made clean. Do you not hear it? We have the Holy Gospel. A few moments later we go to the altar and the leper made clean sings his song. The right hand of the Lord hath wrought strength. Look at me. The right hand of the Lord hath exalted me. I threw myself at his feet. And with a single word, he made me clean and lifted me up. And then the leper made clean sings, I shall not die but live. And what is he going to do for the rest of his life? and shall declare the works of the Lord. What does the Lord tell him to do? See thou tell no man, but go, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And so this offertory antiphon takes the gospel to the altar and leads us to the moment of the sacrifice, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. This declaring of the works of the Lord is today for us the preface of the Mass. Every preface is a declaration which means a casting into light before the eyes of all of the works of the Lord. Much more could be said about today's Mass. Uh, the second part of the Gospel we heard on Friday when we had the votive Mass of the sick. And I preached on that second half of today's Gospel on Friday in that votive Mass of the sick. Suffice it to say that the prayer of the centurion is repeated, I don't think we could even calculate it. How many times is the prayer of the centurion repeated all over the world each day? Wherever the traditional Mass is offered, the prayer of the centurion is uttered six times, three times by the priest, three times by the people before Holy Communion. 
In the modern rite of the Mass, the same prayer of the centurion is uttered once by the priest and by the people together. But Holy Mass is offered from the rising of the sun to the setting thereof, all over the globe, each day. Thus, repeating over and over again through time and space, the prayer of the centurion, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter <laughs> under my roof. <clears throat> but only say the word, and the centurion said, My servant shall be healed. But the church, with the freedom that comes to her from the Holy Ghost, changes one word, and in place of servant says soul, and my soul shall be healed. There's one other link between the collect and the gospel, and it's with the second part of the gospel, with this story of the centurion and the healing of his servant. Because we said in the collect, um, not only look upon our infirmity and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty, we said atque ad protegendum nos, this missile has it to help and defect us and defend us. But the real sense of that phrase, ad protegendum nos, is to erect a tent over us, or a roof, if you will. It's translated roof uh, in, in the gospel. But roof and tent have the same root. Yeah? So you have roof, you have tent, and you have the verb to weave. And they're all, they're all related words. And if you know anything about the tent in sacred scripture, or the tabernacle, if you will, the tent is a place of privileged intimacy. And so in the collect, we asked God not only to look upon us, to stretch forth the right hand of his majesty, but to do it in such a way as to shelter us under his tent. And the centurion, in his humility, says to our Lord, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof, come into my tent, but only say the word, and my servant shall be healed. In Holy Communion, we receive our Lord into the tabernacle of our bodies, the tabernacle of our bodies, and into our souls. And God, in turn, receives us into the tabernacle of himself. There is an indwelling that takes place. We give hospitality to God, and God gives hospitality to us.
the Collect of St. Agnes is not without a connection. We had the Collect of St. Agnes too at the beginning of Mass. It's not without a connection to all of this because we began, O Almighty and Everlasting God, who dost qui infirma mundi eligis, who dost choose the weak things of the world to confound the strong. It was very interesting. We had the first collect talking about infirmity and the second talking about infirmity. All of this by way of saying that God not only envelops in his gaze, not only takes to himself, but draws into the tabernacle of his divine hospitality first the infirm of this world. And so we go to Holy Communion conscious that we are about to receive the sacrament of the hospitality of God. We say, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. And then we go forward and he does enter into uh, our tent, uh, this earthly tabernacle of ours, our body and our soul. And in indwelling us, cleanses us of the leprosy that disfigures us so in his sight. And he restores likeness to the image. And all of this to the glory of the Father, in such wise that the offertory antiphon becomes not only the song of the leper, but your song and mine. The right hand of the Lord hath wrought strength. The right hand of the Lord hath exalted me. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Son.